a 22-year-old just graduated high school in 1989 from Fort Bragg High School. However, on the 30th of April 1990, this 22-year-old gets her car stuck in the mud with the car catching on fire. But three years, three months, and 10 days later, her car gets stuck in the mud just seven miles from where she had crashed previously and suddenly vanished without no explanation as to why. In today's episode, we will be discussing a strange vanishing of Christy Krebs. Hey, I'm your host, Benjamin Bryan, and you're listening to Peast, a Create Network production. So starting from the beginning, Christy Krebs was a student who had just graduated from Fort Bragg High School in 1989. She shortly began to work at a local restaurant in Fort Bragg, California. However, while working there, she became obsessed with a colleague who was married. She would play out scenarios in her head that they were married and had kids together. Not only that, but she would often drive around while thinking about herself with the man she worked with. It was a Monday night on the 30th of April, 1990. Christy Krebs started to drive around in her Toyota Tercel in a euphoric daze for hours. She lost her way on a country road and ended up in Redwood Forest in California, where her car became stuck in the mud. She kept on attempting to get her car out of the mud, but was unable to do so. During this time, she was beginning to lose her sanity. However, unexpectedly, the car quickly caught fire and she managed to escape just in time. This apparently caused Christy to have a traumatic mental breakdown. So when the car was found, the interior had been destroyed and Christy was nowhere to be seen. The morning after the incident, she was walking along a railway when a worker saw a dazed and disorientated young woman walking along the tracks. It was one of the men who were working there, recognized Christy and called her parents. Originally on the way home, Bob and Susan Krebs, her parents, noticed very bizarre things. So Bob decided to take her to the hospital, and this is what his first thoughts were. Initially, we thought things were okay, but as we were driving back into town, the behavior we were getting from her was very bizarre, chanting and doing very weird things. I looked at my wife and said, we're not going home, we're going to the hospital. At first, the hospital thought she might have been on drugs, but they were able to test and see that there were no drugs in her system. The next few months, Christy would be in and out of the hospital and was eventually diagnosed as having a psychotic and traumatic breakdown. Around six months later, she made rapid progress after therapy and drug treatment. Also, things were looking very good and Christy was eventually released from the hospital and was recommended by her therapist that she can go back to work, but only part time. It was suggested that she would work 20 hours a week to start with and Bob, Christy's father, said that she did incredibly well and that he was very proud of her. Christy got herself a second job in a local fast food restaurant. Both jobs were calling her in more and more and would often work five to six hours a day at each job, which would consist of a 10 to 12 hour day. Not only that, but in between the two jobs, she would often go to the health club to exercise. Now, three years went by and her parents were worried about her manic pace with having multiple jobs and the hours that were being put in. However, Christy insisted that she was alright up until the night she disappeared. That Monday night, on the 9th of August, 1993, Christy Krebs left work, which at the time was at Round Table Pizza. She said that she was going straight home. However, that was not the case. 
The manager described her as cheerful, good spirits, and back to her old self. No one had any idea what would happen that night, but Christy didn't go home. She drove around and was last seen at a nearby public beach by a park ranger, who approached her around 15 minutes before closing time and was told to leave. So Christy got back in her Toyota Tercel and apparently traveled south, driving down a country road and eventually ended up on a dirt road in Jackson State Forest, just seven miles from where the car fire had occurred, like previously, deep in the woods and stuck in the mud. Her father believes her daughter experienced another psychotic break, as he said this. I think she probably had flashbacks. It was like reliving that nightmare and all of that. I think just overloaded all of the circuits. If this was the case, she could have been trying to deal with the flashbacks she had from the first incident with the car fire, and this may have sparked something inside of her causing her to relapse and trying to deal with the trauma. It is possible that the last thing she did was go through her wallet in total frustration and started ripping photos of family and friends, identification papers, and scattered them around. Christie's father thinks that she was trying to destroy her past, or possibly trying to get away from it. Here is a bit of context as to what her father said. In my mind, the last thing she did, she went through her wallet in total frustration. Whether she's looking at pictures of family and friends, she ripped them up and scattered them around. Whether she was trying to destroy her past or trying to get away from it, I really don't know. I know that my daughter went through a really tough time out there for two or three hours. The next morning, a full-scale search was launched after finding her red Toyota Tercel just seven miles from the previous incident. There was no sign of Christy. However, Christy's work clothes were apparently found on the back seat, neatly folded and soaking wet. Shredded identification papers were found on the front seat of the car, and other things were found such as her driving license and other items of clothing were found inside the car. Alongside this, investigators noticed the stereo missing from the car and small traces of blood was found on the dashboard. However, the authorities think that before she abandoned her car, she changed into her gym clothes that she would always carry with her that were apparently missing from the car. These were bright pink shorts, and a white t-shirt, but over the next few months, several sightings were reported in Salt Lake City, Texas, and a year later in California. On the 30th of June, 1994, an off-duty highway patrol officer named Mike Case picked up a hitchhiker who looked like Christy Krebs, and he said it was around 300 miles south from where her Toyota was abandoned, and this is what Mike Case had to say. At first, I thought possibly she was on some type of drugs but talking with her a little bit at the beginning, I knew that possibly she was in a world of her own. However, Mike did notice that there were two slash marks on her wrist, which he did ask her directly, to which she responded by saying, I had a breakdown. Mike ended up dropping Christy off at an intersection near Hanford, California. But a week later, Mike Case read an article about Christy's disappearance, to which he contacted her parents, and they immediately sent photos. After looking through several photos, Mike said that he was positive that he picked up Christy on the freeway, as he said, I'm positive that it is her, I'm positive. Despite this sighting being very credible, it didn't lead anywhere going forward. However, there is another compelling report, which came in from a woman who claimed to have given a ride to a woman who matched Christy's description, which was in Salt Lake City. This happened just two days after the disappearance. The witness claimed that the woman introduced herself as Chris and told her that she was the happiest woman in the world and that she was being chased by police. But she apparently mentioned 
how she was off to marry a trucker she had met. This sighting was very promising because the witness drove with her for around 30 minutes to Park City. Not only that, but the driver was able to go into great detail on Christie's mannerisms and behavior, and this is what Susan Krebs had to say. She told us about conversations and mannerisms that were completely credible, that anyone who knew Christie would recognize. This is the only positive sighting we have had of Christie, but we know she hitchhiked out of Fort Bragg and made it to Salt Lake City in a very happy, though delusional state. Again, despite multiple sightings, none of these would lead anywhere. Her parents do believe that the most credible sighting is from the woman who picked up another woman between Salt Lake City and Park City, Utah, mainly because certain things were described that were not made public and had never been released. Christie's mother is still hoping that Christie is alive, based on what she had said during an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, which aired in 1994 on the 16th of December. I believe that Christie is out there somewhere and that she's alive because Christie is a survivor. She has a lot of strength. She is very friendly and I believe that she would not be a loner, that she would hook up with someone. Christie's mother is still hoping that Christie is alive, based on what she had said during an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, which aired in 1994 on the 16th of December. There are not really any suspects in the case because there was no strong evidence suggesting that any foul play had occurred. However, police and investigators did look into the possibility and they thought about the possibility of Richard Allen David, who is the murderer of Holly Hannah Class, and they did think that he could be involved in the disappearance as he was arrested not too far from where Christie vanished. However, there is no solid evidence or proof to connect him to this case. Now, it's hard to say what really happened because there was no evidence of foul play, except the fact that there was blood found inside the car on the dashboard. It was only a small portion of blood. Not only that, but when Mike Case saw the hitchhiker, he confirmed later on he was positive it was Christy after reading about the disappearance a week later and contacting the parents to get photos. Mike also confronted Christy about two slash marks she had on her wrist, which could link in as to why there was blood found on the dashboard, given that it was just a little amount of blood, to which she then responded by saying she had a breakdown. Mike's initial thoughts were that she could have been on some type of drug, but after speaking with her more, he realized she was just in a world of her own, which this could have happened due to her relapse. So I don't think there was foul play at all. I know police looked into the possibility of this. However, I think Christy was just shocked and maybe overwhelmed by reliving the nightmare again as to what happened prior to the disappearance, which was when her Toyota caught fire. As that mainly seems to be the root cause as to why all of this happened, as all of the evidence does sadly suggest that Christy suffered a mental break as a result of reliving the nightmares from when her Toyota got stuck in the mud, this causing Christy to relapse again. Because it seems like one of those cases that just remain a mystery. Christy Krebs has brown hair, blue eyes, and her right thumb is deformed, with a thick knuckle and the tip curving inwards towards the hand. She talks with a slight lisp and has moles on her neck, which is below her right cheek and was last seen on the 9th of August 1993 as she left her employment at Round Table Pizza. At the time of leaving her employment, she was dressed in her work uniform, which consisted of baggy jeans, 
with a short sleeved shirt which was blue and had round table pizza on the left front portion of the shirt. If you have any information concerning this case, please contact Fort Bragg Police Department. Contact number is 707-961-2820. Email is police at fortbragg.com. The number to reference is M6688122811. We'll confirm that. The number to quote is M6688122811. So please refer to this number when contacting any agency with information regarding this case. The case of Christy Krebs still remains cold and police have reviewed many reported sightings of her but nothing has led to anything solid. This case has been aired multiple times on Unsolved Mysteries throughout the last few decades since first airing in 1995 on February the 17th. Whatever the case may be, the mystery behind the disappearance of Christy Krebs remains unsolved for the last 25 plus years. That's all for episode 5. Please make sure to leave a review or share it with someone you know who is interested in true crime, mysteries, and much more. And don't forget to follow our social media, which is PiecedPod, P-I-E-C-E-D-P-O-D, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. In the meantime, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Until then, take care, and I'll see you next month for another episode of Pieced. Pieced.